to say a couple of words, and everything I'll be saying tonight is primarily review, okay? Um, and that's, I'm not apologizing for that, because sometimes we need things underlined. Isn't that right? Don't you like to see that you're on target? First, I want to ask a question, and I, I looked around for, uh, for Don, but there are others in here who, and when we're, we're, we're looking at uh, uh, a group of us, or people, within the ranks of Christians, there's always a, a crippled element. There's always those who are, who are always up and down and in and out and moody and here today and wonderful. What, what's the, the central ongoing cause if we're talking about uh, years of this? What could you, how would you, how would you uh, say that, why that goes on? That people are, are uh, not always uh, going forward. They get, uh, they get stopped, they get stalled. Anybody? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The 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 big word there uh, really is uh, self-centered. It's about the self. And over the years, you know, I've I've said the the big boy. Uh, for growth, even when I didn't have the, the help that God has given in the last few years, is that if, if you'll get your fix off you, if, you want, if you're gonna stall, you'll stall because of self-reflection. The, the mirror is a paralyzer. I mean, I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm ugly, and I told my granddaughters, that I wasn't always quite this ugly. I scared myself. And so I got some pictures when I thought I was gallant and I was just uh, egotistical and self-centered. But uh, <laughs> at least I, 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 you know, I didn't look like I had a Halloween costume, but seriously, I got up one morning and I think I said it. I was scared. So you stay. You stay uh, in your place if you're thinking about how you're doing. Uh, you, can, you can lose a good night's sleep just wondering about you and how you fit in. Uh, believe me, that, that's a, how did I do? Even, you know, I, I don't know, David. I, I've been out there and I've been, uh, how did it go? What, uh, I saw a couple of sleepers out there. So that's the big one. Because if you're really a Christian, and the song, you sang a song tonight that I thought I wrote down something on it. Yeah. Um, you are my, dun, dun, dun. You're my what? 
All right, can you all say that, well, you want that to be true, I know you do. You want him to be your all and all, but that's why you're being processed and why if you don't really want that, this is a very, very miserable place to be in, okay? Because, um, and please don't listen to people who tell you or who say that when they're born again, they're not a baby Christian growing as Christ. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, and, and that's something that's very hard for us to get into because largely we've put him off and very special and so far out of our reach that we've, uh, we've put a lot of work emphasis trying to be like Jesus rather than to know what he said when, two things he said that, that are very significant. When Jesus was here, he said, come unto me. And you were fixed to come unto him if you've come unto him. You didn't do this of your own. You say, well, others are really walking with God. I, maybe I should. That didn't happen. It was a mysterious, inexplicable event. We call it being born again. You were born to live in another dimension. You're not just anybody. You're very special in the eyes of God and try to not have your head float like a apple in a watermelon or in a Halloween thing during this, because this is essential. And if you get it, that's good. I'm talking to a couple of people who were wandering, excuse me, for the rest of you. But when he said, take my yoke, he was clearly connected to Father God. And, and your soul cannot flourish outside of being connected to the energy, the fuel, the spirit, the drive, the direction that comes from God. It, you will not go anywhere. The double-minded man gets how much? Yeah. You get a lot of information. What? Yeah, you, know, you, yeah, you sure do. That's very good, Tom. But come in here any time, please. So as we think about that, growth only comes by the daily offering that you give. And I'm not going to get into that. We've talked about it uh, quite a bit. But uh, I think I have something. Uh, and growth is essential. And we see people at different levels, different ages. And we, we see some that uh, have no intention of growing because you cannot, this is a total dependency on God himself. And is there things you do? Oh yeah. You, you walk offering yourself every day and he has directions for you and he is constant in this. Have, you, have, have I said that enough to you about his confidence? Have I said it too much? I don't think so because if you see God as constantly there, 
and you are, you are, even if you're not pleasing them and you know it, and, and I, I've said some things here that have to be repeated again, and please, uh, those of you who know it, just say, uh-huh, and underline it and try to remember it. But everybody who's dealt with comes to a place where they say, I can't. I won't. It's over for me. To some, and different levels of that. But the enemy jams the circuit. He's got your music. He's got the color photos. He has your thoughts daily. He has your slippings. You're getting up and you're coming down. He knows you and he knows how to breadcrumb you in to you. Okay? And if there's anything in your life or mine that is primarily interested in advancing me for me, then I don't grow. God is not, he won't have any of it. He just won't. Uh, he, he, will, he has other means and other ways to get your attentions because you are his. Just like the fathers here and the mothers. Sometimes I see them running after their little kids. They, they're generally pretty tender and pretty good, but they're not always pleased with their behavior. Could I get an amen from the parents? Yeah, all right. I may have to just pay for that amen, but it's true. And God, he, he will go to any means, but he has such an extension of patience and mercy, it ought to break our hearts every time we come together. He's so good. He's so long-suffering. Okay, uh, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah, and we'll get down to a little more of this, um, this aspect. But the, the crippled person that you become at different times in your life, where you just can't walk, you don't want to go forward, you don't want to be seen, you don't want to be heard. You're, you're just are kind of isolated because of the darkness that the enemy has shown you about you. And God, and, and what is the antidote to that? I didn't put this in my notes, but there, there's a phenomenal uh, series of things that, that can, can really blast that, that stoppage that you have. And I have. I mean, anybody in the room, not of any age at all, if you're 20 plus, if you're not, if you're just 20, maybe not, but anybody over 20 and, and you're being offering yourself to God, have you just come to a place where you said, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, I, it's, it's, this is impossible. Well, it is. It's okay to say that. But that's where you have been but that's not where you want to stay. I've been that way even recently where I thought, well, you know, and, and uh, tell me the, the help for it. What's the help? Okay. Absolutely. What are you, what are you asking for? Uh, all right. But, but uh, okay, well, can you give me a little more specificity of what he's, what he's done for you? Because he's availing you 
He's, he's uh, lined you up for success. You're not lined up. You're not uh, given to failure by the hand of God. How do you know? Something should come to your mind quickly. Anyone? We have an advocate with the Father. That's right. The, you have a, a defense attorney that says you'll never, ever be separated from the love of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing will separate you from God. And he has given you just, he has justified you. So it is though as long as you live, regardless of your activity, you are justified just as though you didn't do it. I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again. If you kill somebody and go to jail, let me say what, what Cheever said, he said it a lot better, and I repeated, and he forgot what he said at the convention. He said, if you've got a dead body, if you've got a body at your feet and blood on your knife, offer. Right. Offer. Because that's all you can do. Yet this, is, this is impossible, and God knows he's made it impossible, impossible, so this would be an aspect of dependency, and you would understand you could not do this. So don't say, I can't do it. It's true, you can't. You're telling yourself the truth, but it doesn't mean you stop. And how, how, how forward is his mercy? Yeah. You're never going to run out of... Uh, here it is. Here, here's one of my favorite verses. Uh, and of his fullness... Say it with me. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. That ought to be at least one of your uh, adjutant helpers there. Of his fullness, you've received. You are justified no matter what's going on in your head, no matter what activity you do. If you have been born by the Spirit of God, he will stay with you. He has the staying power, and he will find you. You make your bed in hell. He will come there with you. Uh, do we know that? Can I, you know, is that is that clear? If you don't believe it, just say I don't believe it. It's all right. But if if you think somehow you're on a tight wire over the Grand Canyon, it's going to be very difficult for you. Especially for me because I. I I'm glad my legs don't shake like my, my hands are beginning to do. But you see, you're, uh, you've been translated into the kingdom of God. You're in the family of Christ. And you will never, ever be out of that family, no matter how hard you try. And, and, and you have not believed that, and I have not believed that. And that has to have a deeper-rooted system. It can't be information. It cannot be information. It must be something that is deep-rooted in you by the experience that you have 
a slum in the swamp. You've been in hell. You've gone through some of these things trying to please God on your own or just being on your own. And the, and the, and the reality is the mercy and the grace was there. I've said it this way to unbelievers at times. I've said his, his mercy after a bad night or after difficulty is palpable. The air is thick with his goodness. The next day, no matter how, I mean, I've even said, I've, I've said, God, I can't continue to preach. I can't continue to say these things. They're not deep enough in me, you know. And he puts them there by events and by reminders. God also has ways to bring you, to turn you about, okay? And, and I've said this before, and please bear with me. There are some children who didn't hear it back then. They didn't hear it the third or fourth time, and they may not even get it tonight. But the greatest execution of power, the greatest execution of power was the 10 plagues that brought the children of Israel out so that they could go in. And the, the effort of God, the energy and the, and the love of God that came to you to bring you out of you is extraordinarily significant. There's been no execution of God's power that's any greater than what God did with the children of Israel taking the three million of them out of there. There were 600,000 men and, and then there were women and children too. Somewhere in the raw number of three million people came out. And many did not go in. Why? They didn't believe and they saw more than you have ever seen. They saw more. They saw food on the ground they could pick up every day. They saw the, the fire at night and the smoke by day. They saw the quails up to their waists. They saw and they saw and they saw. And they saw the execution of that power that brought them out. You've seen a, quite a few things too. And, and I'm not asking you or suggesting that I am gonna live on the information of Israel. I've gotta have current information. You know, I wanna know where I am now. You know? So here we are, and uh, some of us are in Isaiah 30. And this is a picture, and I, I, I won't be long tonight. He promises, but you know how we do, so. <laughs> Prove it, Bill, <laughs> okay. Uh, verse 30, verse one. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering. Let's get this clear. The only covering there is is the Holy Spirit. The responsibility of your brothers and your sisters, your mother, your father, 
and maybe an elder if he's alert, to see if you are under God. No matter where you go, get back under. No matter what you're thinking, get under God. I think she said it, cry out. Stay under. Repent if you, if you, if you mess things up, okay? And he says, uh, they cover with a covering, but not by my spirit. And the covering is the spirit of God. That they may add sin to sin. That walk to go down into Egypt. Now you've been delivered from this worldly system. I, this is a dirty question to ask. It's kind of a gotcha. Because I know the answer largely because of the difficulty. Because if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things above. If you had to evaluate yourself, and I'll look the other way, I won't even look in your faces tonight on this. These guys, you can... Uh, but if, uh, if you had to... If you had to evaluate yourself on the, the degree of your desire to get your fix on things above, uh, say from one to 10, what kind of a number would you put on yourself? And I don't want it, don't write it down, don't blink or twitch or do anything, I don't wanna know. But you should know, you should know. And I saw some of you walk in tonight and I've seen the traction. I've seen the fact that some of you are starting to get this. You're starting to see it. And you can see it in your faces and others, you know, you wonder. Because if you're, if you're seeking him, it'll show. If you're, if you're making this kind of a concerted effort to please God, regardless of what a mess you are, he knew you were a a mess. You did. You know, one thing you've discovered, I'll tell you the secret about me. I'll, I'll tell it about me, not you. I didn't really understand how, how nasty this human soul could be until I became intent on turning it over to God. To watch your red pencils about yourself, okay? You're God's property. You're a precious vessel. Vessel, you don't have any right to degrade anybody or to judge yourself before the time. Give yourself some kindness. God has <laughs> everlasting mercy for you. You should be kind to you in regard to the total dependency that you have to walk in. They, they didn't ask by my mouth, God says, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. And the folks out there that are strong in the things of this world, I've told you this, this is a, a clear verse to me about what's happening. It's in Isaiah 2, we won't turn there, but it's the purpose of God is to stain the pride of all those who are doing well and are happy and are honorable on the earth. Those are the good fellows who are of the earth and love the earth, love the movies, love the, the music, love the activities, and cannot separate themselves really unto God. Because we're wasting a lot of time out here 
if we're not making the effort to say, God, change my heart. I've had a love affair with the world that I wanted to go. Please, God, show me, you know. And, I, and there's probably no better time in history. I don't know any, maybe Rome had, had a few things for the Christians there, but it's getting, it's getting uglier and uglier on this earth every day. Can you say amen to that? What do they do? The strength of Pharaoh, the world. My money, my trust, my things, and God has helped us. He has been enormously good to us in those things. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. You know, when, when it talks about the shadow, the, the, the beautiful line, it was the shadow of the Spirit of God that overshadowed. I mean, like I said, the born-again experience is inexplicable. You know? Well, I don't know. One day I was this, now I'm that. Uh, and, well, what happened to you? Well, I, I was born by the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Well, I know, but what did you say? What happened to you? And I'd imagine you had a little trouble making that clear to someone, right? Because the spiritual things are so definitely indefinite that it's impossible to clarify this. If you're not, if you're not looking for God, <laughs> you know, he, he can hunt you down, but generally, uh, right now, uh, we ought to be saying, God, please, please help me. All right, so that's not a lot of strength. And, the shadow, and your, con, your confusion, if you're confused tonight, largely, I would have to say, it's right here, it's you're, you're enveloped in the things of the world and your life and what you're going to do. Betty and I had a, a, a good time together. We, we always do, but what made it was the, the folks in San Francisco and the, and the absolute um, hunger of people that had no shame, open about where they had been. And, and this little guy who, who had uh, come in, uh, come out of jail, you know, he, he asked his wife, who, the woman he's living with, I, she was an alcoholic, and it's even her house. And he said, you can't stay here with our children as an alcoholic. So she left. And he didn't have any trouble saying, I don't want my children seeing that every day and, and this. And he, he's a transformed guy. I want to stay online with him. I want to stay online because he... He was transfixed, and there's another guy sitting in the room who, who had uh, gone through a terrible situation with his wife, and he was he was absolutely transfixed over simple things, in awe, in awe. And folks, sometimes we can get kind of conditioned, and you know, I've heard this, I've heard that. And sometimes we just have to go to God and make this, make this real to me. Make it real. 
uh, and, and give me a hunger for any uh, aspect of my conditioning that doesn't please you. Turn to verse 15 there, because this is, this is really significant. But remember, 30, 16, 15. Uh, remember that, that you were born out to get out of Egypt and into the dimension of Christ. That's what you're for. That's where you grow. You don't grow in the library. You don't necessarily grow in a service like this. You grow when you offer yourself to God or you and God are in sync with one another and he asks you to do something and you don't want to do it or people say things to you that you don't want to hear and you find yourself judging your brothers and sisters this and, you know, I think occasionally that goes on around here. People are not necessarily happy with one another or with the weather, you know. Anyway, they go through all the things. Uh, there, and in verse 15, he gives us something that we've heard before, and it's, it's, it's five star as far as what should happen. And hear this. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. And please hear this for your sake. Ask your children to understand this. Repeat it to them again. It says, in returning, in returning, you return. You fall, you get up, you return. You fall, you get up, you return. You fall, you return. It's a con the little children do that. Little babies do it. What makes you think that, that, that the most a severe direction of Almighty God to a people who were ensconced in comfort and he took them out isn't a foreshadowing of the difficulty that you would have. There were six million people and they saw it all and it didn't touch them. And God help us. Those things were written so that we would wake up to our own uh, conditioning or... Uh, hard-heartedness or double-mindedness or uh, attraction to stuff. I mean, I find myself going along, I hear some song, you know, just walking into a hotel and five minutes later I'm, I'm humming the stupid thing because I, I was there when, when it was first written. And returning. And the rest is trust. Keep returning, keep saying, God, I want to trust you. Be honest, if you don't trust him, say you don't trust him. You're hurting me. I don't understand. I have no understanding, God, in this. I want to have understanding. I want to trust you. <laughs> I trust what I can see, but you're, you're invisible. And see, this is why God takes people like us and others. There's multitudes of our brothers and sisters across the earth. Today. And one of the reasons that things have been in such a stall is people 
have been attracted to the earth. And they're stuck. And we've been there. We've been too entranced with too many delusional temporary things. And I think confessing that to God, telling him the truth, you know, It says you'll be saved in quietness and confidence. And you see, that confidence, don't throw the confidence away. Go back to it, go back to it. And when I say return, 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 if you will return to me, it's over and over in the Word. So you return. You're not fit. You're not there. You're not holy. You're not finished. I mean, you look at a little baby, and there's a little baby here that can outstare me. So it kind of irritates me. So I get in there, and that little kid, you know, he's he can't speak. I don't even think. And uh, <laughs> but he he can't walk. He has to be. I, I saw a father, uh, and I'm trying to remember where it was, but he, uh, I think it was in the airport. And he had this baby, and the baby, you know, it didn't have legs to walk, but he, he was giving it all he had, and his dad he was pushing him to walk. God never pushes you to walk, you know? But he does say, get up, and he knows you're going to fall. He fixed you to fall. <coughs> and he also fixed you to finish. You're going to finish. I just want to, I don't want to do it when I'm 138 or something, you know, on the other side. I've barely got at least 38 years here. You know. And I know that none of you, this is one of my favorite sayings, and I say it to my grandsons, I, you know, you go ahead and stay in your hell, uh, you'll show up at the judgment seat in full diapers too. You know, that's going to be embarrassing. Fairly graphic. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And look what it says. You would not. How many times, think about this, don't keep stats on you, but has there been a lot of times when you said, I won't? I just won't. Ain't gonna do it. And then maybe you relinquish that opinion and you do it and you're saying, oh my God, I, I can't believe I would have missed this. You know? Because God never, never throws, I mean, ultimately, he throw, he's gonna throw a, a, a sizable party. Those who stay with him early and stay there are going to be a lot more secure and confident, so don't throw that away. And he said, uh, no, we'll flee on horses, that's what you said, and we'll ride with the swift, therefore uh, they shall pursue you, our swift. One thousand shall fall at the rebuke of one and the rebuke of five, you shall flee till you be left as a beacon on the mountain and as an ensign on a hill, yeah. They are. Those who didn't go are. 
And then look at verse 18, and this is it. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Therefore will he be exalted. You see, God's looking for a family. He's going to have one. He's sure about he does. He's not. People keep saying, well, God's, uh, well, I'd say he's looking. He knows he has. There's a family right here. You're going to be a part of God's family forever. You know, this uh, little 85-pounder came up and said to me, uh, can I give you a hug? I, don't touch me. You know, of course. I mean, we're, we're, we're God's family. I never want to, I mean, I don't know. If, if you think, well, we just don't feel like, a, it doesn't feel like a family because you're not making yourself a member of it and doing everything you can to be a delight wherever you go. And some of us are handicapped. We can't even spell delight. But he'll help you. Can you say amen to that? There's somebody that some people walk in the room and they light the room up because they're, they're, they're there with God and they're not, they're not quitting. They're not, they're not constantly saying, I don't know, I don't know. I had to say to to Gary Vance, and I said, Gary, you, you probably remember this, and he said, you know, he just got, to, he went to law school, and he's a judge, and he was going through things, and I said, Gary, you know, Gary, see if you can be thankful. You're supposed to be thankful about this stuff. I know it sounds asinine right now, because you're hurting so bad, but do what you can to be thankful. Say, God, I want to be thankful. I can't be. Help me be thankful for what you're putting me through. And if you get to the place where you see you can't do anything, you're probably on the horizon of a breakthrough that you've never known before. And if you're at a place where you think, well, now I'm getting it. Yeah. You're not home yet. Okay. Yeah, just, just be careful. What does it say? Look at this. God is going to be exalted because of the mercy that he has for you. And the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are those that wait for him. He's not going to do this overnight. You know? Genuine growth takes time. It has, to, it has to be clear in your mind that you can't do it. It has to be clear in your mind that, uh, that you're never going to die. That you're going to live forever. You're an infinite creature. And you're not going to miss out on anything if God says drop it. And, and he never, and please, I, I always say this, please don't try to, to live some uh, Spartan life removed from the world without the help of the Spirit of God. You will fail miserably. Absolutely, there's no question. Don't try to do this. Tell God you can't and you want to. And then when he gives you the strength, do it and be thankful. Okay? Is that, is that clear?
For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are those that wait for him. And I would change that. Blessed are those that wait on him. We've got a room full of servants here. And the truth of the matter, dear ones, you're, you're bond slaves. We're bond slaves of love to Almighty God. That's your call. And the more we get that, the more we'll understand and not be embarrassed about serving and laying down our lives for others, you know? All right. I'm going to go to Micah. We've been there. But um, Micah 7, I think it is. And we're heading for a, a conclusion. I've got another scripture here that I want to look at quickly, and then we'll be out. Uh, in Micah 7, 8, uh, we're talking about getting up. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. It'd be good to hit the brakes on that one and take some time. Because you don't feel like getting up. You don't feel like coming to a service when you've been plowed with temperament or just been ultra nasty feeding on what you want to feed on that has just left you three quarters starved for anything of the spirit. And sometimes you just have to go on and say, God, help me get up. I don't want to go there. I didn't. Show me that it was significant that I showed up for service. And we're not going to force the issue with anyone. One of the things about the order is the central thing, and we'll have a family meeting on this for sure, the central thing is we're here in a love relationship. We're not here, and i got to do it. Okay? Now, the children, eh, it's different for them. Yeah, they, they're under the law, and the young ones want to please you. And they're also free as metal arcs. When they get up 18, they can fly out here like uh, you know, the, the geese going south. You know, nobody is here under duress. Okay? And, and you've got to ask God for the love among this place, because there are times when... When the enemy just absolutely smacks you in, 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 a, in a way and, and, and stuffs you with the worst of the worst. And this place is anything but a love feast. It's, a, it's a, like the beast is loose, at least in your head. Okay? So we have to get real about this. We're being changed. We're being dealt with. We're, we're being judged by Almighty God and the devil thinks he has a slice in it. And God allows him. He doesn't have any franchise on, on anything. He's a copier. He, he perverts everything out there. Does a fairly good job. But it says here in verse 8, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. When I fall. I shall arise, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And this is a great line, if you can get it. 
I will bear the indignation, the dealing, the heavy hand, the whatever God has. Why? Because I've sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Okay, I want to give you, I want you to turn, those of you who have your Bibles, to um, Exodus 33. It's a wonderful passage there. And one, one day, when God shows uh, Moses, he said, you know, I've got to pick a man out there that uh, will negotiate. Will say no, and he'll try to change my mind. Okay? Uh, you've heard me say this, God never repents. But his intention can be changed. Okay? Moses, people like to think that Moses changed God's mind. You know? It sure looked like he did, didn't it? <laughs> God said, get out of the way. I'll torch them all. And, and he said, no. No, 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 no. No. And he saw the kind of love that Moses had for the people, even though some of them were going after him. He did, there were 24,000 that went down. No. Folks, he's your father. Appeal to him. Ask him. I mean, if you wanna say something, I'll just look at a couple of the negotiations. I didn't know we were gonna go this long, but anyway, he says, uh, the two things that I love the most, uh, we'll just get, take, get right out of the guts of this in closing. In Exodus 33, verse 14, Moses, you know, he's, great, he's saying, now, well, go back to 13. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if, uh, if I've found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and that I might find grace in thy sight. I need to know you. He, he was buttoned in. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and, and I will give you trust. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. And then Moses comes back, and he said unto him, if your presence go not with me, carry us not out. He butted right in there, don't you? I, I've had kids in school like that. I loved them, and, you know, they bothered me sometimes. For wherein, now this is great, Moses said, wherein shall it be known here that I and my people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are on the face of the earth. That's what God wants out of his people, separated people. And, and that's our close tonight, folks. And let me just say this. Please, when you talk to God, persist for a while. And don't pray just as, you know, but 
but ask him for the kind of intensity. And I don't know how you feel about it. I remember when McCain's wife died. McLean. And I had prayed about it and I said, Lord, I never ever want to hear about somebody that is on their deathbed and have a casual kind of attitude, you know, be with her, Lord. And, and I, I beseech you to take some, some fiery minutes and ask God for the intensity and for the little children that are here. Let them know this and repeat it back to them because I've known little kids who've been and they, I've, they've grown up in their 20s and 30s and they say the greatest disappointment sometimes is when they prayed and they said, well, nothing happened, you know. There's, there's, Jesus tasted death for all men. There's no separation. There's no, there's no eternal separation for his sons. There isn't, okay? And that's good. But for you and for me, I, I think it would be important for us to to say, God, <laughs> because there'll be other things. And, and it's like I got a, I got a call from, from a father. And he said, Brother Bill, I, my son asked me. He said, things are so ugly and things are so terrible out there. Dad, what are we going to do? And here's what we'll do. I haven't gotten back to him. But the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. It's not going to be our tanks, our guns, or our artillery, or whatever. We don't have it. But they're mighty for the pulling down of fortresses. And I beseech you tonight to pray for our sister. Don't feel guilty if you don't have any burden. But ask God to make you a person who prays without ceasing. A person of prayer. And you won't miss, you won't miss if you continue to turn to God. And we bless you tonight, honey, to take this and, you know, you, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord was on you and you've been a, it's like, uh, reminded me of what Churchill said, he, he said, all men are worms, but I think I'm a glowworm. And uh, you're kind of a glowworm, honey. And uh, we love you. And we ask the, the Father to put a burden on us to resist, to resist what seems to be absolutely obvious to all of us now, okay? So let's bow our heads. Father, the creation of your idea, you have a world coming that we're coming to. 
And we ask you, Lord, to give us the understanding that, that growth comes from your spirit as we offer ourselves. And that we'd not be afraid of dying to our way and the, the songs, the Hollywood, the sports activity, the, the myriad of idiocies and pearls of glass that mean nothing to us. Give us a heart to cry to you, and not just for our sister here, but for our brother who hit that moose and is lying in, in bed tonight. Uh, his life was certainly in jeopardy, and he's still breathing, and we thank you for that. Be with him in healing. Be with our absent loved ones. Be with Richard tonight, Lord. Uh, fall on him in a way that'll stun him, that he, he won't know what hit him with the power and the clarity that he can walk, and we thank you for his life and the way he, he tends uh, to, to all of us. Be with him. And God, give us the guts to stay with you and understand there's no other way. Uh, for Jesus' sake, we ask. Amen.